Sports Pen with you on Friday here in ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you. Glad to have you along as we made it through another week. And on Fridays, I know you're going to love this because, uh, per usual, Ryan Stieg joins us here in our makeshift phone line again, working from home as we are working through this pandemic and staying home and staying safe. What's up, Rye Guy? Not much. Uh, it was a pretty enter- entertaining draft. Uh, as I tell people, I'm not huge into the draft, but, uh, you know, last night was pretty interesting, especially with the whole working from home or your office dynamic they had going on. That was kind of fun seeing the inside of coaches' homes and everything. I don't want to say the winner went to, at least uh, I should say as a staff, the best home office, I thought, goes to the Vikings. I mean, did you see Zimmer's setup? That den is pretty cool. And then Spielman had his own thing going on. They had the split screen. I thought those two had the best draft setup. And, I mean, you see, like, Andy Reid is – he just looked like a, a dad on vacation poolside in his Hawaiian shirt and looking, you know, looking at his phone. You just wonder what he's doing there. And then Bilicek, it was kind of simplistic, but he had, like, four laptops, like a whole command center going on. Bill Belichick found the most massive table he could find and then tucked himself in the corner of it with three laptops. (laughs) And I'm just looking at it like you used a huge dining room table that usually can seat eight to ten people to put up three laptops. (laughs) (laughs) His whole little command center going there, but... Shoot, no, I kind of like that, the whole working from home dynamic and what they had on there. And some of the general managers and the coaches had their families in there. It made for an interesting dynamic. And, of course, we're working from home, and, you know, we're all doing our part to slow the spread. I, I tell you what, Ryan, was that the best public image Roger Goodell has probably ever put out there? He was almost favorable and affable. I mean, he, he he's obviously he's unpopular. He's booed roundly whenever he comes on stage when we have an in-person draft. But he would phone in fans or put them on the video screen behind him and encourage them to boo him to bring that kind of atmosphere back. And he was affable and personable. And I, to me, I think that was the most public, uh, best public image that Goodell has ever put forth as NFL commissioner. He almost acted like human, mm-hmm. you know. Like he comes out, he's given this nice message, and then he knows people hate him. He knows he's going to get booed. And he was like, hey, let's uh, let's relive this. Let's pretend I'm going through this <laughs> again, you know. And he actually encouraged them. He was like, come on, get louder, you know. You, know, you guys are worse without it's in person. you got to keep – you see Strahan was in that group? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and you pointed this out to me last night. The Chargers didn't even have enough fans to really make an impression on the video screen when it was their turn to pick. No, when they had – their turn to pick, and I thought this was the case, and I thought maybe I was seeing things, but then I saw it on Twitter, and there's like 12 spots, there's 12 screens to fill with fans, and the Chargers, I think, filled eight. <laughs> they couldn't they couldn't even fill the bottom row, and I was like, what? It's like, you couldn't find 12 Charger fans? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I mean, boy. I know they're... I mean, I know their attendance is bad. They can't sell out games, and the fans are primarily other teams. But you got to find at least 12. I mean, <laughs> all you need is an Internet connection. <laughs> uh, it, it represented the Chargers as a fan base perfectly. Um, I had one of those moments where I, I was like, this can't be real. And then I saw it, you know, a little bit later. I was checking Twitter, what have you. And why was Dave Gettleman wearing a mask in his own home? From what I mean, I thought it was weird too. But apparently, he battled lymphoma, or he's recovering from it. Is that right? So they thought, yeah, that's what I read somewhere on Twitter. So if that's the case, I'm sure it's more of an extra precaution. That thing. makes more so sense then. Yeah, if, if yeah, that's that, the case, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, that that that's more understandable. If he didn't have that, he would just look weird like he always does. <laughs> <laughs> well, Oh, shoot. I tell you what, let's uh, let's go over some of the highlights from the draft. There were no surprises with the top two picks, Joe Burrow, Chase Young, and really there wasn't a surprise at number three either. Jeff Akuda were the top three picks. They went to Cincinnati, Washington, and Detroit, respectively. Here's your stat of the day, Ryan. We'll do it here in our first five minutes of the show. There are nine subspecies of tigers, and Mike, the real-life LSU tiger mascot, believe it or not, is a Bengal. His subspecies is a Bengal tiger. 
So Joe Burrow, who was with the LSU Tigers, who are represented by a real-life Bengal, is now playing for the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, that would make sense because, you know, LSU call is the Bayou Bengals. That's mm-hmm. their big nickname. So, I mean, it, it makes sense. Yeah, it works out. It's funny how that works out as perfectly as it did. But Joe Burrow is going back to his roots. He's going to play in Ohio. And his professional career is going to start in Cincinnati. Chase Young, of course, just probably the most athletic guy uh, overall in the draft. And then Jeff Akuda went number three to the Lions. And after talking with Dave Burkett and some other Lions uh, fans, some people who follow the team, I really wasn't shocked by that pick. I knew it was coming all week. But there are a lot of Lions fans who really aren't happy with this, Ryan. And I'm looking at social media. You know, I've gained a lot of Lions fans, uh, friends who are, you know, since coming up here. And the reaction that I'm getting is somewhat mixed to negative you know there's a lot of guys who say okay yeah we had a need there I mean it's not it's not flashy I mean we wish you know we could have probably done better but Okuda was the best available player uh that doesn't really move the needle for us and shouldn't give us much of a expectation for next year and then you have this faction of fans that are just beyond upset that the Lions uh, took Jeff Okuda and they're saying man this is why I have no respect for the front office or why the Lions are always losers and I just to me, Ryan, I don't get the anger uh, about the pick at number three. I really don't. I, I don't understand it either. I mean, some people I've seen were saying, you know, we should have gotten, you know, this really awesome, like, explosive player. And I'm thinking, okay, the two most explosive players in the draft were just taken. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how explosive are you going to get? I mean, yeah, there's some good receivers there, but – is that your, like, key need? Is that your number one thing you need to get? No. And you're sitting there, and you're like, okay, I have the number three pick. We desperately need a cornerback. Guess what? The best cornerback available in the draft is right there. Mm-hmm. It's like, why wouldn't you pick him? Why wouldn't you pick him? It doesn't – I don't understand fans getting upset when a team picks what they need, mm-hmm. you know? I understand getting upset is like, okay, we really need an offensive lineman, and they go and draft a running back, mm-hmm. you know, or you know, or we really need, we really need a strong safety, and they grab a linebacker, you know. It's like that's not what you need, but for some reason you're entranced by the guy. So he's he's the best cornerback available, widely hyped. And you know everybody has great things to say about it. I, I don't understand why the Lions would be that Lions fans would be that upset over that. You know they're filling a need, like you said. Okuda, I get it. He's is he going to go on to be a Hall of Famer? Probably not. I don't get that vibe from him. Will he give you a few years as being an All Pro corner, a Pro Bowl, a Pro Bowl caliber guy? Yeah, yeah, I absolutely think he will. He'll give you what Darius Slay and Quandre Diggs have given you the last few years. You have a lot of these negative Nellies that are saying that we should have got Tua. You know, the Lions should have made a splash and gotten Tua at number three. And you know what? I I like Tua. I really do, and I think he's going to do well in the NFL. But he's basically a younger version of Stafford. I mean, he's an extremely talented quarterback who just keeps getting hurt a lot, whose health doesn't allow him to stay on the field nearly as much as he should. I mean, you're basically getting a younger Stafford. And I think Packer fans, or at least there's a faction of Packer fans that will tell you, no, 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 you did the right thing. You've got a quarterback right now. Don't do what we did and take a quarterback when you've already got one, fill an immediate need and help your team win now. And to me, I thought that's what the Lions did. Yeah, they, you know, the Lions aren't, I mean, they're not awful. They're actually a pretty decent team who just ended up woefully underachieving this last year. And it's like they have a great quarterback. They have an all-pro quarterback, probably the best quarterback in franchise history. <laughs> and he's what? He's only, is he, was he 30, 31 Early or something 30s, like yep. that? Yeah, so it's like. If he stays healthy, you got bare minimum at least another five years out of it, mm-hmm. you know? So why would you get another injury-plagued quarterback to take over the reins of a quarterback that's probably going to get you a few more years? So the earliest, probably, that two would play would be five, six years from now. Mm-hmm. And who wants to sit on the bench for five or six years? You know, it's... It wouldn't be fair to him, even though if they do throw a lot of money at him. I mean, is that what you'd want? 
you know, if you really want a starting quarterback job, is just to sit on the bench. I mean, you can you, you can know? sit a guy like Jordan Love for a few years behind somebody, but you yeah. can't do that to somebody like Tua, who would have been the number one overall pick if he'd stayed healthy. Yeah, I mean, he he would have he could have edged out Joe Burrow if he actually, you know, was able to have the kind of season that he was capable of without the injuries. So I think, I mean, I I just don't understand people getting upset over it it's uh you know you have a good quarterback you know who's coming back and he's excited to be back it's a guy who actually wants to play for the Lions. Mm -hmm. you know how rare it is to find someone (laughs) who actually is like i want to be in detroit i want to play for a lions team that that has struggled epically for the last what 50 60 years and you know he's happy here you know maybe not with like bob quinn necessarily or matt patricia but he likes the area and he's happy. So it's why would you not want to stick with that guy? It just doesn't that doesn't make sense. You you had a need, and like like I said earlier, there's two. There was only really two truly explosive players. One was taken with the top pick and Joe Burrow, the best quarterback available. The other one was the best defensive player in Chase Young. So I mean, there's no outstanding running back that you could have gotten. And the receivers, although were good, they weren't like – there wasn't a Calvin Johnson. There wasn't a Randy Moss, you know, available that you're like, that's what we need. You know, it's like I, I don't understand getting upset. It doesn't make sense. You know, and I'm not a huge fan of Bob Quinn as a general manager. I don't think he's the guy for the – uh, for the for the job, or at least the guy of the future for Detroit in that spot. But I don't think that because of what happened last night. He was doing his due diligence. He was reaching out to other teams. He was fielding trade offers. Uh, here's the option. If the Lions didn't pick a number three, because this is what I see a lot of Lions fans saying on social media, is that they should have traded back and stockpiled on picks or looked ahead to the coming seasons. Well, there's nobody beyond Akuda that really would have impacted the Lions right now that would have made a difference for the coming season. And I'm sure Quinn was having those conversations about future years. If we can get maybe a first or a couple of firsts in next year's draft, if we give you the number three right now, he was reaching out and having those conversations. I, I don't think he's a great general manager, but it's not because of anything that happened last night. It's just, I get it. Lions fans are angry, frustrated, and they're starved for success. But you've got stability at the quarterback position. I mean, you don't want to go back to – that's what Lions fans just need to be reminded of. Do you really want to go back to the re- uh, revolving door of quarterbacks? Because who knows what happens with Tua. Maybe he does get hurt again in the NFL and doesn't pan out. But do you want to go back to switching up John Kitna, Joey Harrington, Dan Orlovsky, and piecing quarterbacks together until you finally find somebody who can play the position with some capability? That's what the Bears do. Yeah. I mean, you really want to, you know, it's like, I don't think, I don't think Bob Quinn's that great either, but he's better than Matt Millen, <laughs> you know? It's like, he's not a, he's not a complete gulp who's sitting there looking at his laptop, you know? He's not like the guy in your fantasy league who's like, who drafts a kicker in the second round or something like that. He, he actually does know somewhat what he's doing. So my guess is, GMs get so many offers, you know, so many, you know, trade opportunities, you know. It's like my guess is he looked at it and said, I don't want to give up the number three pick for what they're going to give me, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just like sometimes there's just not a deal there. I mean, if you look at the draft, what, there were two trades, mm-hmm. you know, in the first – usually there's quite a bit more. People are, like, shifting picks all the time, but – there really wasn't that many trade offers that you really wanted to go with. And uh, maybe that's what he saw. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you here in ESPN-UP. Glad to have you along this Friday afternoon. We'll take our first time out. Of course, the Packers made a big move last night. We'll talk about that more next on ESPN-UP. Are you buying a new home? Remodeling? Refinancing? Ember's Credit Union can help take you to the next level. Whether it's your first or next home, Ember's Credit Union helps you with straight talk, no BS banking, that delivers the very best mortgage option for you. We offer a variety of mortgages designed to help you realize your dream. Ember's can make purchasing a home easy and affordable. Stop by or call any Ember's branch for more information today. We're Ember's Credit Union. Let's live it up. 
As the COVID-19 outbreak continues, most businesses across the UP will need support. You're invited to visit www.update906.com, provided by the UP Economic Development Community, for the UP business community designed to offer a single online location of trusted resources, including currently available local, state, and federal programming, as well as local support. Go to update906.com to stay informed and up-to-date in this fast-changing environment. Tonics, fresh savings now. During these challenging times for our community, Tonix Econo Foods is working around the clock to make sure the needs of our neighbors are met. We remain fully staffed. We remain stocked with everything you need as we all work together moving forward. The Econo Foods family remains committed to you and your family. Tonix Econo Foods, always a safe and convenient place for your family to shop. Tonics Econo Foods, fresh savings now. Now back to the sports pen. Here's Tanner Hoot. Of course, the Packers made a big move last night, Ryan, and I was shocked. I know a lot of people were. And you know what? Our colleague Jake Duran, a friend of the show, he's on here on Thursdays. He was high on on Jordan Love, who the Packers ended up trading uh, trading up to get with the 26th overall pick. They made a trade with the Miami Dolphins and they selected Jordan Love, the quarterback out of Utah State. But you know what, Ryan? I I didn't see this coming. I was a little bit shocked, honestly. That well, first of all, they did take a quarterback first round. I thought they might go elsewhere, but trading up to go and get Rodgers' replacement. Um, I have mixed feelings about this, Ryan. I, you know what? The upside is there for Jordan Love. At the same time, y- you need other positions to uh, to be able to win immediately. You have other needs you need to address. And Rodgers is one of those guys that I'm I'm eager to hear him talk publicly about the pick because uh, he takes a lot of pride in what he does. And I don't get the vibe, knowing Aaron Rodgers, that he is going to be too keen on mentoring a guy to take over for him and be essentially train a guy to replace him. You know, and haven't Packers fans gotten through this in the past? The whole Favre Rodgers thing, Brett Brett Favre was not going to relinquish control, and Aaron Rodgers, what, he sat on the bench for, what, three, four years Mm -hmm. before he actually got his shot? It's, I don't, it was such a weird pick. You know, I'm, I I was thinking, well, maybe they'll go Rodgers' like, heir apparent, you know, in the second round, you know, maybe look at that route. But I just, it, you traded up to get him, you know. You, you traded up to get a guy's replacement four or five years from now. <laughs> I mean, it just, it's like, what do you, what do you, what's the logic there? It, I can understand, like I said, I can understand going second round to get it, but to trade up to get Jordan Love, I mean, if you're going to trade trade up to get Tua at that point, you're going to actually want a quarterback that badly. But I don't know. I, I thought their big need was wide receiver. And I understand the Vikings, uh, you know, beat, him, beat them to Justin Je- to Jefferson, which I got a kick out of as a Vikings fan because that just enraged Packers fans on Twitter. <laughs> And then it's like just a couple picks later, then it got even worse. I mean, there were people I knew on Twitter who were Packers fans who literally shut off their phones as soon as that pick was made because mm-hmm. they were that upset over it. So I can understand Packers fans because you're, you're looking forward to your who's your who's your team going to pick in the first round, and they went with a quarterback who's not going to play for a while, and it just seems bizarre. You know, it's you know, I mean the Packers when they drafted Rodgers, didn't um didn't they had already drafted earlier in the draft and then like they had mm-hmm. a second pick and then they went and got Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So that I can understand, okay? You have first two run picks, you get your immediate need, and then you start thinking, Okay, now let's try to find, you know, your quarterback's, you know, heir apparent. Not let's trade up and get it. I mean it just I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what management was thinking. And I'm sure all of the owners on Twitter last night that 
think they own a own the Packers franchise were rather upset that they had no say in the process. Well, and I tell you what, I'm not saying Jordan Love isn't going to be a good NFL quarterback. I don't know. I mean, I personally wouldn't have used a first-round pick on him, but he very well could end up being a good NFL quarterback, especially being mentored by Aaron Rodgers here for the next few years. But I do get Packer fans' frustration in the sense that, okay, you were one game away from the Super Bowl last year. You had a very blah, you know, a very unexciting, uninspiring offseason. I mean, you brought in Christian Kirksey and Rick Wagner. I mean, you know, whoop-de-doo. You've still got plenty of other needs you need to fill if you want to become a legit Super Bowl contender, you know, like uh, at the wide receiver position, like you said. They need a run stopper. They probably could fill out the linebacking core just a little bit better. They certainly need a tight end, although there was nobody worth taking in the first round last night. So I get it in the sense that Packer fans know they were one game away from getting to the Super Bowl, but it feels like they're a lot farther away because of how uncompetitive that NFC Championship game was. So I do get the Packer fans' frustration in that sense. Here's the thing that I'm not quite sure, like you talked about with uh, with management, with Brian Gutekunst, because he said he didn't expect Jordan Love to fall as far as he did and that they had to go up and get him when – the opportunity presented itself. Here's the thing, Ryan. The Packers traded up to number 26 to get love. They originally going to pick at number 30. The teams that would have picked between then were the Seahawks, the Ravens, and the Titans, none of whom are going to be drafting a quarterback. There was no danger that uh, Jordan Love was going to go to Seattle and play behind Russell Wilson or Lamar Jackson in Baltimore or Ryan Tannehill, who just got a new contract from Tennessee. So why did Green Bay trade up to go get Jordan Love? I mean, they, they had to have some kind of inkling or heard some rumor that somebody else was thinking the same thing and was going to trade up, and they had to go get him. I mean, that's the only reason I can think as to why they traded up to go get him. Unless they wanted to be like the Bears, you know, <laughs> trade up and get somebody who they could have gotten later. It just, I don't, I, the whole trading up thing is also just mind boggling because you could have had him. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, none of those teams were looking for a quarterback. They all had one lockdown or one that just got a new deal. They don't need that. You could have got him at 30. You know, why would you make a trade? to move up to get a guy that was going to be available. I it, it, it's I think, like, not only was the first-round selection that bothered a lot of Packer fans, but the trade-up thing, I think, bothered them even more because you gave up something to get something you would have had in the first place. It just it, – it, it's mind-boggling what the mindset was. And like you said, I don't know how Jordan Love's going to be. You know, in the future, maybe he'll be at the level that, you know, Packers fans are hoping. But it seems really weird to just get a guy that early, trade up to get him, and just have him sit on the bench for four years. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's weird. I don't know. I tell you what, uh, the draft was in its in its own right exciting last night because uh some guys fell out of the first round that I don't think any of us really expected them to some guys fell to different spots and some teams passed on guys that we all thought were destined to go there uh the New York Giants at number four kind of working in a little bit of chronological order now we wanted to get the Packers and Lions out of the way but the Giants took Andrew Thomas at number four overall you know they obviously needed a lineman um I thought they were going to go with either Jedrick Wills or Isaiah Simmons simply because even though he's a linebacker he was probably the best available player at any position uh, up to that point they did end up going offensive line they went with Andrew Thomas and you know as, as kind of a pseudo Giants fan I mean I kind of root for them I guess um, you know what I'm okay with them drafting a left tackle of the future because they needed it I was a little bit surprised it was Thomas though I mean he's a top 10 talent I didn't think he was the best tackle in the draft and then right after that Tua Tungavailoa goes to Miami, and it turns out he loses no money going in the top five from that injury. He loses no money from it, and Miami has their quarterback of the future. I put this on Twitter, Ryan. I just wanted to see what the fans thought about this. And the question was, for the first time in 20 years, do the Patriots have the worst quarterback in the AFC East? All these quarterbacks in that division have been in the league three years or less. Sam Darnold in New York. You have Josh Allen in Buffalo. Jared Stidham will presumably be the quarterback in New England, and now Tua Tungavailoa is in Miami. 65% of the audience said, 
Yes, for the first time in 20 years, the Patriots have the worst quarterback in their division. Which is, has to be a jolt of reality all of a sudden for the Patriots <laughs> faithful. Because it's like, oh, we were the best team in the division. The division title is practically wrapped up, barring a massive injury like happened a few years back when the Dolphins won the division and shocked everybody. Um but it's true now. I mean, the Dolphins have their quarterback. The Jets have Sam Darnold, who is okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the Bills, you know, have Josh Allen, who has turned into something that I didn't think would happen, mm-hmm. but he's better than expected. So, yeah, you can make the case that the Patriots have the worst quarterback in the division. And uh, I'm wondering if that's going to be the need that they get in the second round if that's what they go with you know yeah i still I think know. there's some quality quarterbacks i mean you've got jalen hurts and jake Fromm that both could go in the second round i still think jacob eason is a guy that uh will be a good second or third day steal i mean he, he's a pro style quarterback i'm still fairly high on jacob eason and of course there's free agency. There's going to be some guys let go. Cam Newton's going to be looking for a job. Andy Dalton will look for a job. Ryan Fitzpatrick will look for a job. There will be some options out there. Uh, another quarterback was taken uh, right after that at number six overall. Justin Herbert went to the Chargers. And, man, I feel so bad for Terod Taylor because he's a good enough quarterback in the NFL to play somewhere. And yet, they, no one has confidence in him. I mean, he doesn't turn the ball over. I get it. He's not all pro caliber but he's above average he's nfl quality and i don't honestly know that justin herbert is i i really don't i i think there are some people who had him higher than Tua in the draft but that was mostly due to his injury mm-hmm. you know that you know that that could be that could cost Tua, so people would be worried so they'd go and get justin herbert but it's I do feel bad for Tyrod. He led the Bills to their first playoff berth in, what, like almost 20 years, Mm -hmm. (laughs) wasn't it? Yeah. So, and then they just let him go. And then he goes to, it was Cleveland, right? That's Mm -hmm. where he went next. And then Cleveland let him go. (laughs) So it's like, you just like, he's shown that he's a pretty good quarterback. He's not going to, you know, lead you to a Super Bowl. He's not going to be Rodgers. He's not going to be Brady or Manning. But he's a guy who can not screw up, Mm. (laughs) you know. He's not going to force the ball in there. He's not going to fumble it. And he doesn't get too panicked in the pocket. So it's like he's a decent QB, and he's kind of getting disrespected. And I wonder how he feels. Uh, Absolutely. He's good enough to play somewhere. Mm -hmm. And people just – Oh, yeah, we'll sign you, and then we'll just completely forget that you're here, and we'll get somebody else. And it just, I don't know. I think I think Justin Herbert went too high. I think um, he's not a six. I thought maybe, I thought, you know, I could, you can make the case that Jalen Hurts is better than Justin Herbert. You could. You know? Yeah. So I was thinking maybe late first round, potentially even second round for Justin Herbert. But. The Chargers, you know, maybe their logic was, well, we can't get enough fans to, you know, get on the TV screens. Let's make a splash and surprise a bunch of people. <laughs> well, I, I don't – he went, I think, way too high, and um, it really sends kind of a hurtful message to your presumed starting quarterback that despite proving yourself that you're pretty solid – that there's teams who still think less of you just after signing you. Yeah, especially you know? when and they said a couple of weeks ago they're committed to Terod Taylor. Yeah, it's like this is this is our guy. This guy's going to bring us back to the playoffs. And oh wait, we're going to get a quarterback instead. <laughs> and it's like, where do you actually believe in Tyrod Taylor? Because if you do, you basically smacked him in the face. <laughs> is what you just did. And if you don't. Then you were lying to everybody, <laughs> you know. It's it's it just yeah. It's it's a weird move by the Chargers, but it's the Chargers. It is know? the Chargers. You know, we can't come to expect 
much less from them. I tell you what, though, Ryan, uh, double stat of the day today. Here's what else I have for stat of the day. With Justin Herbert being selected last night, he becomes the fifth Oregon quarterback selected in the first round in the common draft era, which is 1967 through the present. That ties conference rivals USC and Cal for the most quarterbacks selected in the first round by a single school. This was also the third time in the common draft era that three quarterbacks went in the top six picks of the NFL draft. The other two, 1971 and 1999. So for what everyone says about the Pac-12, they can apparently produce first-round quarterbacks, and they have better than anybody else for the last, what, 50 years. When you think about it, isn't Mariota like the only Oregon QB in the last – few years that has remotely amounted to what he was supposed to be unless you, you count know? joey harrington and that's a debate yeah that's a debate <laughs> well i think Mariota's is better i mean just imagine if marcus hadn't gotten injured right you know yeah it's like joey harrington um if you ask lions fans, <laughs> it's probably one of the worst picks that the lions ever made but did we expect so, much more out of joey harrington I expected him to be better, and he did. Okay. I did. All right. Fair enough. But, yeah, um, but uh, I think Lions fans just <laughs> – I didn't think they saw him as the future. And uh, but and then I don't think – didn't Dan Fouts go to Oregon? Did he? I thought he did. Yeah. Was Dan Fouts a duck? <laughs> I'm not sure. But that just popped into my head. Like, if that's the case, then Dan Fouts is by far the best Oregon quarterback to come out of the end of the NFL. Um, there's a there's a something to look up in between the break. I'm uh, looking it but, up right now, and he did go to Oregon. Good call, Ryan. But he went in the third round. Oh, so he would be on this weird list. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dan Fouts goes in the third round, and Justin Herbert goes sixth round. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the draft. I love the NFL. Tanner Hoops, Ryan yeah. Stieg with you. Let's take our next time out. We got more in the draft, a preview of day two, and all that comes with the next on ESPN-UP. Hello, this is Kelly George, President and CEO of MBank. We understand that there is a lot of uncertainty right now, but you can rest assured knowing your money is safe and secure with MBank. We remain in sound financial condition with strong levels of capital and liquidity to serve your financial needs, and our dedicated and experienced staff is here to help you through this challenging time. We have created a COVID-19 loan relief program to help alleviate some of the financial pressures you may face as a result of illness or workplace changes. Additionally, MBank is serving as a financial resource to small businesses in our communities, as we will be a primary processor for the various new SBA loan programs as a preferred lender partner of the SBA. As we collectively navigate these uncertain times and work together through social distancing measures to help mitigate the spread of the coronavirus, the safety and well-being of our employees, customers, and the communities we serve remains our top priority. We also remain focused on continuing to provide our essential services to you and thank you for your patience and flexibility. Please stay healthy, please stay safe, and good wishes to you all. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Now back to the Sports Pen. Here's Tanner Hoop. Here's your Sports Center update. Jace Prescott, the brother, uh, the brother of Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott, passed away unexpectedly yesterday. Jace appeared in a Campbell Soup commercial with Dak and their other brother Tad last year. No cause of death has been reported. He was 31. The Michigan men's basketball team will host Oakland University of Detroit on December 21st as part of their non-conference schedule. And finally, Richard Nixon was the first U.S. president to visit all 50 states. That surprised me when I first read that, Ryan, but at the same time, Alaska and Hawaii, it took a while to get them in there. Yeah, I mean, they both didn't become states till 59, so, and, uh, well, let's see here. I mean, maybe 15, Eisenhower. 15 years before Nixon would became president, maybe a little less than that. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I mean, Eisenhower was about to leave office. Kennedy's uh, tenure was uh, tragically shorter than it was. Yeah. And then uh, I think Johnson had a little more responsibility. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, I mean, it's shocking when you think, oh, it's Richard Nixon. But at the same time, when you really dig into history, you're like, 
Oh, it actually probably should have been Richard. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steig with you here on Friday afternoon. I do want to get into the NFL draft and look ahead to day two and maybe a couple other stories from day one. But first, Ryan, a couple of other things that have happened here in the sports world lately. And just a couple of days ago, Tom Brady, he's already making friends down in Tampa Bay. He's making himself right at home. He reportedly went to the home or tried to go to the home of his new offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich. He got the wrong house and he walked into Leftwich's neighbor's house. Didn't knock, just walked in and someone thought he was a burglar. And it's, ah, oh boy, it's one of those things that have, it's not something that Tom Brady's supposed to do. It's something maybe you'd expect like Jameis Winston to go do. But, uh, but, but, you know, just to get the house wrong, it's confused that, I don't know, that Tom Brady seems like a different person since going to Tampa Bay. Yeah. Well, as someone pointed out, this guy can read defenses like a champ, but he can't read a house number. <laughs> 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 I mean, and they actually talked to the guy, and mm-hmm. he said he was working on his counter. Like, he was trying to remodel his counter in his kitchen. He said... Some six four guy just walks into his house carrying two duffel bags <laughs> and says, "Is this Byron's house?" <laughs> and the guy's like, "Uh, no." <laughs> and Tom eventually realized that this wasn't his house, apologized, and left. <laughs> so, I, I, maybe he does this in Boston and he's just used to it. But he was, but like. I'm not the kind of person who just walks into somebody's house. Oh, I mean, you don't even just oh. knock? Like, even if it's a friend's house, I knock. Yeah, it's like if I'm – I mean, I have a lot of friends that I go to, you know, and I would just be like, hey, I'm here, knock on the door, ring the doorbell, or at least, like, send a text saying, hey, I'm here, you know, that kind of thing, not just – walk right in <laughs> especially for your new coach your new coach and here's the thing is it is tom brady older than byron leftwich he very well could i be. think he is <laughs> how odd is that <laughs> he's you know? older than his new new offensive coordinator yeah so he does that and then you heard about the park incident right yeah yeah so that's the second technical crime he's committed <laughs> since he's gotten into town. he's in the park and he's practicing and training in there and the city employee said hey you know with the coronavirus you know the parks are shut down for the time being you need to leave and he's like oh, okay and then and, and it's like tom there's signs there that says you can't go into the park <laughs> He's he's technically broken city ordinance and he's technically broken and entered somebody else's home. Like he's committed two crimes since going to Florida. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure what isn't like city trespassing is a misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. It isn't breaking and mannering like a either a gross misdemeanor or a borderline minor felony. Depending <laughs> on the state, yeah. I'm, like, yeah. I, I'm starting to like Buccaneer Brady a little bit. <laughs> I've com- it's like I've completely stopped caring about the world around me. I'm Tom. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> I've got six rings. I'm a future Hall of Famer. By the way, I just looked it up, and Byron Leftwich is 40 years old. So, yes, Tom Brady is older than his new offensive coordinator. And Byron Leftwich. There's always, like, you look at assistant coaches, and you're like, oh, yeah. I remember him. Yeah, he, he was in the league. Yeah, you know? it actually, I'm impressed with him yeah. as a coach. I really am. I think he'd be a great NFL head coach someday whenever he's ready for one. I just, uh, he's one of those guys that you remember that you didn't think would maybe pan out as a coach, and he has. Mm-hmm. And then you have, do you, uh, I want your prediction right now. Okay. Because we'll t- how good will Tampa be this year? What's Based the record on, this week? on what they have right now, I think uh, oof. I think um, they'll win at least ten games. I think ten and six minimum, barring major injury. I was thinking ten and ten and six is, you know, maybe high. It, it I mean, be. like, yeah, because it's like it's it's weird how many people just automatically think 
Oh, Tampa's a Super Bowl contender now. No, they're not. They're like, not. Yeah, it's like they still got some flaws on defense. Yeah, that offense looks pretty stellar, but their defense is still shaky. And you don't go from missing the playoffs to Super Bowl contender overnight without making some pretty, you know, mm-hmm. really big upgrades that you need. And I don't know. It's like Tom's getting up there. As you saw from the last couple of years, the numbers aren't what they used to be. You have a guy who didn't play last season is coming in, you know, and at tight end. You have a tight end who thought he would be getting the reps either. Now A.J. Howard wants out of town because mm-hmm. he's like, you went and signed a tight end. Yeah, I don't blame him. I, yeah, it was like, I thought I was your guy. And it's just, I don't know. I, I think Tampa is now a playoff caliber team, but I'm not getting on the – some people are like, wow, how cool it would be if, you know, the Super Bowl's in Tampa and Tampa gets there. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Like that, it's not. It's not going to happen. You don't. You don't. It's not going to happen overnight. You know. You got to put some work into it. And I just no. It's it's they're not. I think they're they are capable now of making the playoffs, but they're not a Super Bowl caliber team unless they make a lot of upgrades like right before training camp. You know, and so. especially Ryan, their biggest weakness to me, and it's the reason I thought Tom Brady wouldn't go there is their offensive line. Jameis Winston was sacked 47 times last year. He's not a speed merchant, but he's a little, slightly more fleet of foot than Tom Brady is, And uh, unless they build up that offensive line, which they took a step toward that last night, drafting Tristan Wirfs. Unless they build up that offensive line, I don't. I, it doesn't put them over the top. It doesn't even make them a division winner for me. I still think New Orleans wins that division. Uh, here's something, Ryan. What if, what if, the Bucks were able to deal away their second and maybe something else, add in a sweetener and go get Trent Williams. There's an idea. Yeah. That could be a possibility. It might be something to look I, into. Uh, they have to have a better offensive line than they did last year. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that sometimes gets overlooked. I mean, you look at all the skill players that Tampa all has, and they're like, wow, look at how explosive that'll be. Yeah, and then you have no real – good offensive line that's going to be hitting a 45-year-old guy over and over again over the course of two years. And it's just like, you got to fix that problem, too. You may have all the wide receivers and a good quarterback, but you have some flaws you need to fill. And uh, I like the idea you just proposed. Yeah. So Trade your second, something else, and go get Trent Williams and build up that line. I mean, it's possible. Yeah. And, you know, I do want to look at day two of the draft. I don't think we have time here before the break. So one other thing that's not – Well, this isn't football-related, Ryan, but it is interesting because uh, I saw reports of this dating back to July of last year. And then last night, I saw the report resurfaced. But Dominic Hasek, who is considered by many to be maybe the greatest goalie of all time, I personally think he's top three. I don't know. I hate putting that label on greatest of all time. It's so hard to measure. But I do think he's a top three goaltender of all time. Well, the report is that he is now, since being retired, is considering a dive into politics and possibly running for president in his native country of the Czech Republic. And that for every day for about the last year, he has been studying politics for about three hours a day, in his own words. And he's never been an outspoken guy on any issue, no no political beliefs that we know of. And obviously that's going to have to change if he does end up throwing his hat in the ring and He's going to have to give his, his put his platform out there. Uh, but you know what? It's kind of a it's a novel. It's a neat idea in the sense. That, I mean, we've seen people uh, in our country, even with no political background, uh, go into politics. Ronald Reagan was an actor. Donald Trump made the move from uh, TV star to businessman and got to politics. Tommy Tuberville, who might be a, a U.S. senator here uh, within the next year, uh, depending how his primary looks down in Alabama. He could make the move from football coach uh, to politics. But they've all made their opinions pretty clear. They've been outspoken politically before that. Hashik hasn't. And you know what? Just a guy who's kind of apolitical and doing his diligence and actually informing himself on the issues with no ties or donors to anything else. 
I mean, that's kind of a novel idea, and it's kind of a neat idea. And you know what? I, I kind of hope he runs. I'd kind of like to see how he should become president out there in the Czech Republic. Well, the thing is, is that <clears throat> that going from apolitical to president's kind of a leap. Mm. <laughs> you know? But, but uh, if there's anyone who could do it, he could. I mean, he yeah. anchored the Czechs to their only Olympic gold medal in ice hockey back in '98. I mean, he, he could run and not say what his platform is. He'd probably make it. Yeah. Uh, he could put Yagers as VP, and they'd be a shoe in. That might be the most successful political campaign in Czech Republic history. I guess I, I give the guy credit in the fact that instead of just saying or like, "Oh yeah, I, you know, I'm strongly for this issue," he's actually looking into it and saying, "Huh, like I'm looking at this issue. Where do I align on it? Do mm -hmm. I think it's? Do I think this is a problem that needs to be fixed? Do I think that um, this really isn't that big of a deal?" You know, do I have, you know, am I in between? I can see both sides. It's Part of me wishes more politicians did that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, he's being informed and doing his research and just he's not making his decisions based on who his donors are. I mean, I, I, I respect that about him. I, yeah, I'd kind of like to see it happen. Hashik, and uh, the election isn't until 2023 out in the Czech Republic. So he's got time. But, man, I, I respect what he's doing. He's doing the right thing. Yeah, there's also there's an episode of The West Wing where like they're they're trying to get like people to sway over to support a bill and stuff like that, and uh, they're able to get some guys or not, and these are guys who already have their minds made up, and they go talk to this guy who I guess his wife held the seat, you know, but she died in office, so he took it over until her term ends, and he didn't have any you know inclinations one way or another, so he literally listened to them make the case both sides and then he made his decision mm -hmm. and i'm like what if most people did that <laughs> you know <laughs> instead of just already already having your mind made up like oh this is bad or this is amazing without actually thinking about it actually put the thought in <laughs> analyze it have listened to both sides and then make your decision i mean it's like i, I you know, I'm actually liking Dominic Hasek more than I actually did before. He's not just—he's actually not just a good goaltender. He's actually a pretty smart and common sense kind of guy too. So there you go. If a lot of people could be like the Dominator, I think this world would be a much better place. Tanner Hoops, yeah. Ryan Stieg, with you here in ESPN UP. We'll take our last time out. We're getting back on track to the draft next on ESPN UP. Are you buying a new home, remodeling, refinancing? Ember's Credit Union can help take you to the next level. Whether it's your first or next home, Ember's Credit Union helps you with straight talk, no BS banking, and delivers the very best mortgage option for you. We offer a variety of mortgages designed to help you realize your dream. Ember's can make purchasing a home easy and affordable. Stop by or call any Ember's branch for more information today. We're Ember's Credit Union. Let's live it up. As the COVID-19 outbreak continues, most businesses across the UP will need support. You're invited to visit www.update906.com, provided by the UP Economic Development Community, for the UP business community designed to offer a single online location of trusted resources, including currently available local, state, and federal programming, as well as local support. Go to update906.com to stay informed and up-to-date in this fast-changing environment. Tonics, fresh savings now. During these challenging times for our community, Tonics Econo Foods is working around the clock to make sure the needs of our neighbors are met. We remain fully staffed. We remain stocked with everything you need as we all work together moving forward. The Econo Foods family remains committed to you and your family. Tonics Econo Foods, always a safe and convenient place for your family to shop. Tonics Econo Foods, fresh if you're looking for more information or the latest news during Michigan's Stay Home Safe Lockdown, ESPN-UP has a few suggestions. MarquetteM-I.gov is the City of Marquette's website. MarquetteMI.gov is the City of Marquette's website and can tell you what's going on locally. State news and ongoing updates can be found at michigan.gov slash coronavirus. And for handy hints and updates nationally, just visit fda.gov. We're keeping you in touch. ESPN-UP. 
Now back to the sports pen. Here's Tanner Hoop. Check out the Sports Pen podcast. You can hear Ryan and I recap the draft, talk a little politics about Dominic Hashik and uh, Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom's adventures down there. Friday funnies are coming up here in a moment. Uh, day two of the draft will be coming up tonight. Coverage begins at 7 Eastern on ESPN TV. Uh, Ryan, quickly before we get to the funnies, anything that you're looking for in night number two? I think uh, – uh, Ross Blackwell is some guy that, that uh, is going to be looked at pretty pretty heavily. Uh, Xavier McKinney, I thought, was going to go mid-first round. He dropped out of the first round. Of course, Jake Fromm, Jalen Hurts are still there, DeAndre Swift. We still haven't had a running back go in the, in the draft yet, and uh, I think Swift might be the first one off the board. At least he'll have a chance to do it. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's still on there. Uh, T. Higgins is there. Uh, Grant Delpit, I thought, might go first round. And then, of course, Antoine Winfield Jr. Which I hope he goes high because uh, he, he was a pretty electrifying player to watch. So I'm hoping he gets uh, he gets his due with the draft. But I'm intrigued to see if the Packers address that wide receiver need, you know, because people are thought they would have done that in the first round, but instead they went and got a quarterback. So – I would think that's going to be the first thing they look at. And then I'm wondering, okay, the Lions fill the need at cornerback. Are they going to go skill set now? You know, are they going to, you know, work on the line? You know, it's that's where I'm looking at too. It's like, okay, you filled one need. Are you going to fill the other one? Or are you going to get entranced like the Lions do with some of these available that probably isn't going to pan out? So. What was the uh, a couple of bigger surprises to you, uh, that C.D. Lamb fell to the Cowboys or that Henry Ruggs was the first wideout taken? Well, the Henry Ruggs thing um, was a bit of a surprise, but C.D. Lamb falling as far as he did was more, was a bigger surprise to me. Um, that was I, – I, I thought he would be taken well before he hit, to, he hit Dallas, so – but. Cowboys fans seem to be ecstatic, so they it worked out well for both of them. So I tell you, are you, do you think that the Cowboys? Uh, what kind of grade would you give them based on last night? I think it's a rarity that the Cowboys actually, for the first, you know, actually made some intelligent choices. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I. Uh, I'd say A minus. I think it's got to be got to be an A at least. I mean, especially considering the fact that Jerry Jones sequestered himself and told Cowboy staffers not to bother him while he's making the picks. (laughs) In a yacht. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure there were a couple of drinks maybe involved. Um, Yeah, I'm sure Cowboy fans went into that fearing the worst, but ended up being a pretty good night for them. Here in our final minutes of the show, we've got the Friday funnies with Ryan, and he's kind enough to put these together and maybe a little uh, draft theme Friday funnies, right, Ryan? Yeah. So there you go. Well, if you're ready, go ahead. Let's see what you got. Okay. Well, before I get into some draft stuff, um, I don't know. Have you ever like accomplished something like athletically and realized after you did it that maybe this wasn't as great of an accomplishment as I thought it was. Um, um, hmm. Probably. Off the top of my head, I don't know. Okay, I'm thinking off the top of your head. But, like, okay, so this lady was, because, um, you know, the Boston Marathon was canceled, mm-hmm. and she had been training and training to compete in it and said, but I want to run my own marathon. So she ran her own personal version of the Boston Marathon and decided – she was going to spell out Boston Strong on her Strava app, and it ended up spelling out Boston Strong. Oh, jeez. So, <laughs> <laughs> so she's all proud of herself showcasing it. Look what I accomplished it. You know, Boston Strong. And people quickly pointed out that you didn't spell strong. You spelled strong. <laughs> so, <laughs> and she even said, she goes, I'm proud of what I accomplished, but I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> like look I, I ran a marathon and then i you know looked foolish after doing hey at least so, you tried yeah you know um second uh 
Offensive linemen like to eat. Oh, yeah. And that's well documented. So Kevin Zeitler, who is a lineman for the Giants, his wife decided, I'm going to show what it's like to make food for a lineman in quarantine. And she did this shot video of the kitchen. There is a huge crock pot full of food. There is an aluminum pan full of fish and potatoes. You have another aluminum pan full of potato skins. You have another aluminum pan that looks like it's full of pad thai. And she also said she made 10 pounds of carnitas. So I don't know if that guy's going to eat it all in one sitting or this is just to satisfy the next couple days. But that's insane. (laughs) I I wouldn't be shocked if it is a one-sit meal. (laughs) I mean, I know they eat a lot, but it's like, dude, (laughs) it's like, pace yourself a little bit. I mean, (laughs) you don't need to inhale it. But uh, we'll go with, uh, okay, so we have Belichick and his setup with his massive table. Now we'll get into some football stuff. All right. Bob Quinn, you know, famous, you know, also said, I want to make sure nothing goes wrong. So you heard that he put his IT guy in a Winnebago in his driveway, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's like... Everybody, every team was so worried that, you know, since this was a virtual draft, like things were going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. So Bob Quinn is, I'm pretty sure, the only guy who went and grabbed the guy, stuffed him in a Winnebago in his driveway, just as a precaution <laughs> in case things go wrong. <laughs> Did you see John Schneider the other day, the general manager of the Seattle Seahawks, had yeah. two walls in his home knocked down and 25 TV screens installed just for this draft? 25 screens? Yep. And Steve Carroll said, he goes, we had backup screens for our backups for our backup screens, backup <laughs> phones for our backup phones. And that's a little too paranoid, you know? <laughs> it's like, I mean, I understand this is unusual circumstances, but it's not like everything's going to go wrong. <laughs> Knock down I mean, two walls and put in all those screens just to draft some guys that we probably never heard of. Guys the caliber of, like, Rashad Perry. Yeah, a bunch of guys who will probably develop into good players but are not going to be, you know, mind-boggling, you know, wow, you know, these are eye-popping picks. You know, and I'll I'll tell you this, Ryan, John Schneider does not get credit enough for how weird he is because he's one of those weirder NFL guys that people don't talk about enough, the general manager for the Seattle Seahawks. He's kind of fun to imitate. Um, He does this thing, you know, and I can relate to this, it, his verbal crutch is the same as mine. We, him and I both say, I tell you what, way too much. And I, I I, get it. Like, sometimes I do it subconsciously. Sometimes I catch myself doing it. I get mad. I'm like, don't say I tell you what. Just tell me what. And John Schneider does the same thing. But hey, he's fun to imitate, man. He always, he's always chewing on something. He's just kind of the, I tell you what, with the 27th pick, John <laughs> Schneider doesn't get enough credit for how weird he is as an NFL general manager. Well, I think he's overshadowed by Dave Gettleman, too. That, yeah, so. it's hard to <laughs> hard to get over the Gettleman bar. Um, so everybody has their weird setups for their, you know, their draft day thing. We talk about the Vikings. You got Jerry Jones and his multi-million dollar yacht, and what's the first time I saw the shot of him after the pick, and I'm like, are those portholes next to him? <laughs> like, is he actually on a boat? Turns out he was. And apparently has a massive white couch in the middle of it. So, you know, good for him. You have John Lynch, who apparently felt the need to have three landline phones for a one-man setup. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I'm like, you needed three? How many phone calls do you expect to get for yourself? I, I I've never seen that before, and then it's and then you got of course Belichick. We mentioned him. You have it's just it was really weird how it you know how some guys went about it, and then you had Goodell, who I think turned into the star of the night. Yes, but that was his intention or not? Did it from his I basement. Think, he did it from his basement. He, you know started off, encouraged people to boo him. He did the skull chant with the Vikings fans. <laughs> he did 
he leaked the Dolphins pick by saying, we got good news for Tua. <laughs> he, he, so he changed his wardrobe in the middle of the thing and pulled off his blazer and put on a sweater. He, let's see, um, what else he did? He, it's just weird. And all he, he kind of took over the draft. More people were talking about Roger Goodell over the course of the draft than the draft picks, from what I noticed. You know, and was, not was, only oh, excuse me. Go ahead. There was a point in there, the middle of the first round, where I thought maybe someone needs to step in and take over Goodell because he he didn't seem to be as into it as he was early on. Early on, and then later in the draft, he started picking up again, but he was struggling a little bit with names, making some announcements, and everything. Uh, he, he he tried to get Tungavailoa. Um, he got a he got um, Noah from from Auburn, the guy that you selected our mock draft. He got that one pretty good, so I give him credit for that. Yeah, I mean, and then decided, well, I'm going to make myself memorable for messing up at this point. He said the draft this year was supposed to be in Dallas. Corrected himself. That was supposed to be in Vegas, and then said Vegas is going to get the draft in 2020, which is the current year that we're in right now. And that's where I was thinking, okay, somebody needs to tag in because he's <laughs> he's starting to fade. If he, I don't know if he's just up far too late, then he you know he's past his bedtime or something. But it's like, okay, you're stumbling all over the place, man. It's like start to get it together here, and. Uh, but that was a real last incident he had. So, you know, I guess that was, maybe he realized he messed up and was like, okay, I'm just going to completely tone it down <laughs> and just do the bare minimum for the rest of the year. Uh, you know, and beyond that, I was kind of shocked. You know, there were really no major technical glitches, which I was happy to see. And I am happy to see that Vegas will get their chance to host the draft in 2022. Uh, they'll go to Cleveland next year, and then they're going to be in Vegas two years from now. I am happy for them. At the same time, I'm a little disappointed because there was rumors it actually looked fairly possible the draft was going to come to Green Bay in 2022. And I know that they've already started some construction down there. They were trying to accommodate that. So I'm a little disappointed in that sense. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a little disappointing for them. Um, but, you know, I'm sure they'll get it, you know. Mm -hmm. like Eventually. Makes yeah. How much time do you have left? Do you have time got about a yeah, couple minutes. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of draft rooms, do you see Mike Vrabel? I, I miss Mike Vrabel. Yeah, okay. Mike Vrabel's bizarre setup behind him apparently decided – I'm not going to just do laptops. I'm going to have my kids look weird, too. You had the guy who was dressed like Frozone from the Incredible movie. You had one of his kids who was dressed like a combination of, like, Jeff Foxworthy and Uncle Rico from Napoleon <laughs> Dynasty. <laughs> you see, during the course of this segment, you see Rabel take a wad of dip and spit it in his cup. <laughs> and, and I don't know if this has been cleared up or not, but there looked like a guy who was, you know, on the toilet in the screen behind him. Did you did you see that? I, I didn't see that. Okay. Well, look Mike Vrabel, look up on Twitter for Mike Vrabel photo. And it's probably the craziest draft photo I've ever seen. You have two guys in costume, Ken Hawkins, you know, chew into a cup, and a guy who looks to be on the toilet. <laughs> All in one photo. Uh, the the va oh. the Vrabel draft party that that uh, you had to be there. Yeah, and uh, I have so many questions about that one, but uh, we'll end it with uh, some fun little technical stuff that people aren't aware of. You know, everybody is above public image, which they should have probably talked about my talk to my Vrabel about <laughs> before the draft. But the uh, the NFL sent a memo to its coaches, its GMs, all the people that said. All, only NFL-sponsored products can be in front of the camera. So every product that is like the official whatever of the NFL, that's the only stuff that can be seen on camera. Mm. Well, Sean Payton violated three things. Oh, no. He, yeah, Sean Payton was the biggest uh, violator. Um, had a crush 
a can of Orange Crush, and Pepsi's the sponsor. They're the official soft drink of the NFL. Well, Crush is made by Dr. Pepper, so there's one violation. Mm-hmm. He also has a can of Coke, which is probably an even bigger violation <laughs> <laughs> right in front of the camera. And then he also has a giant pack of Twizzlers, okay? The official candy of the NFL is Mars. Hershey's makes Twizzlers. So he has three food violations <laughs> directly in front of the camera. And I'm like, I don't know if Sean Payton is aware of that. I mean, the COVID <laughs> thing is kind of like, a, okay, you're either doing it intentionally or you're just dumb. And then, but the other stuff, it's like, unless you were doing this on purpose, was you doing this on purpose or what? But uh, that's the Mike Rabel story and Sean Payton's food violations are probably my highlights for me. I'm, so. I'm honestly a little bit surprised the NFL has an official candy. There's an official candy to the NFL, and they, I mean, they pick Mars. Well, that's fine, but all right. The NFL has an official everything in the NFL. Well, you know, you know, the NCAA does it. You know, like, you know, somebody had a Dasani. You know, water <laughs> thing, and the NCA quickly. You know, you got to take that down. It's mm-hmm. only going to have the NCA logo on it. You're just like, so apparently the NFL is just as stringent as the NCAA is with product placement. So <laughs> good to know. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Steig with you. That's it for us here at ESPN UP. Always good talking, my man. Be well, stay safe, enjoy the second night of the draft coming up this evening. I will for sure. That's it for us once again. Thanks for being with us. Have a great weekend. For Ryan Stieg, I'm Tanner Hoops on ESPN-UPWZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.